0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to From Inner Time, a Doctor Who podcast. Uh, I am Jason Soto, and I am joined by my co-host, Lackey. Hello, Lackey. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm doing fine on this wonderful evening. How are you doing? I'm just ducky. That's nice to hear. Uh, so this is our first episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is a show that's going to be about Doctor Who. Uh, just... Uh, we'll go over some episodes. We'll go over the whole spiel of things a little bit of how the show is going to work and run and stuff. Uh, but if you are finding this out in the wild, uh, you might be curious to wonder, is this part of a podcasting network? And to answer to that question is yes, it is indeed part of a podcasting network. Uh, you can find the home of this podcast and many other podcasts uh, over at rabbitholepodcast.com. Uh there are all kinds of other shows for you to check out. You got comedy shows, you got movie shows, horror shows, everything that you could possibly ask for out of podcasts. So rabbitholepodcast.com. Uh okay, so uh Lackey, I wanna say first off, thank you for joining me on this uh adventure through Doctor Who. Um I've known you for a while, and I you are probably the perfect person because you do seem to know a lot about Doctor Who. Is that correct?
1: That is that is correct. I I am generally recognized amongst my circle of friends as the Bull Goose Doctor Who fan. <laughs> Bull Goose Huvian,
0: as it were. Okay. All right, that's awesome. So yeah, um, so yeah, I kind of want to talk a minute here just about you know how you know how long we've been fans of the show, how deep our our love of the show, if you will, is. Um so uh how long have you been into the show, Lackey? Like how long have you been, been watching Doctor Who?
1: I uh, had yeah, probably about thirty six years. Um Wow okay I believe I first saw the show in nineteen eighty five um I would have been Eleven,
0: oh, okay. Think,
1: um, out out in the Chicago, Now now I'm in. You know I'm a native of the Chicago area. Yes. Um, out in Chicago, um, back in the '70s. I don't know about the '70s. Back in the '80s, um, there was this block of British programming on our local PBS station. Yes, it was always from about started about eight or nine, and usually it was like comedy shows, sketch comedy. Um, I got it, I started watching that because I, at the tender of age of 11, got into Monty Python. Okay. Um, And Monty Python ran at like 9 or 10, and there were other things. They would run like the Two Ronnies, Dave Allen at large. Um, Later on, they ran sitcoms like uh, Are You Being Served? And this is also the time slot that I first saw the original British version of Whose Line Is It Anyway?
0: Ah, okay. Um,
1: and anyway, this block of British programming would always culminate at 11 o'clock central, they would run Doctor Who. Yes. Um, and I was just watching one, this was on a Sunday night, and I was just watching one Sunday night during the summer of, I believe it was 1985, and I knew uh, next door there were a couple of uh, boys that were older than me. They were like two, they were like, uh, one was like four years older, the other one was like two years older. And... I knew what Doctor I I had heard of Doctor Who because one of the the boys had dressed up as Tom Baker one year for Halloween. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. But I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it... I just knew it was called Doctor Who. Um, I didn't know anything about it other than that. So I kept it on, and I was hooked. Okay. Um. And um. I I was uh. You know, it 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 got it hooked me hooks in me right then and there. Um, and I watched it pretty steadily throughout um, the the mid to late eighties. Um, to the point where I I, I I assume that you've heard of the broad the broadcast signal intrusion that happened in like. I so
0: just was looking that up because I was going to ask you. Were you watching it on that fateful night? I,
1: I wasn't. I wasn't watching it, but I had I had set the VCR <clears throat> to record it that night, so oh. I used to have it on tape.
0: Oh, sir, do you still have it?
1: No, I do not Ah, damn I, it I, I don't know I don't know when I lost that tape
0: Oh, man uh, so That tape
1: went walkabout somewhere over the years But yes, I did at one point have it
0: Oh, on, on I wasn't
1: watching, but I did I The, the VCR did record um, God, I think it was Horror Fang Rock that night
0: Oh, oh yeah, yes, that is the episode I remember reading up yep. on this thing That was the episode, yes Oh man, that tape would have been like worth like a thousand dollars right now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> if you had that still. Yeah. Oh man, how cool would that have been. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Um, my story is a little similar to yours. Um, because I also I grew up uh outside of Chicago, and um my mom was like a giant Doctor Who fan like she just loved the show and her favorite doctor was Tom Baker that was uh-huh. like her absolute favorite doctor and yeah i remember that block of time you're talking about cuz it would be doctor who and then be faulty towers would come on as well right and my mom would watch that uh watch those two things primarily she wasn't a fan of everything else that came on but those were the two things she would always watch and um i just remember one night back in like the late 80s uh, she she had on the WTTW the PBS, and yeah, she was watching Doctor Who. And she's like, oh, you gotta watch this because it's time travel, and you know I'm huge time travel nerd. I've been a time travel nerd my entire life, uh-huh. uh, mainly because of her. She kind of introduced me to it. Uh, and she was like oh time travel This is like the perfect you know show for you It's about and she would explain it to me She and like we were watching an episode And she's like yeah so it's this guy He's an alien and he He has a time machine but it looks like a police Box and I'm like what's a police box And, she, and she'd and she be like Oh it's this thing that's in Britain that You know they use and uh, Then she explained the whole like she made The whole concept as we're watching an episode Like in like she explained it So well And it was like within 20 minutes I was like hooked. I was like oh that is so cool. And then she's like yeah and there's multiple people who played him over the years and uh, Tom this one's my favorite. Tom his name's Tom Baker blah blah blah. Um, And she was actually the one who told me that they rebooted it back in 2006. I didn't even know it rebooted until she mentioned it to me. Uh, She was like oh Doctor Who's back on uh, the Sci-Fi channel. And I was like what? (laughs) <laughs> and then she told me all about the Christopher Eccleston shows, and she she liked him. Um, for the record, just you know, because you know uh, this is very important radio that we're doing here. My mom's favorite doctors outside of Tom Baker was uh, him, uh, David. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, P Peter Davison. And uh, and then she did like uh, Christopher Eccleston, and she liked David Tennant. She was not a fan of Matt Smith she did not like Matt Smith years for some reason. I don't know why. She said he just made her nervous. <laughs> 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 that was what she said. And I'm like, okay, I think he's doing a pretty good job, but all right. <laughs> and then I don't think she she was around. She she didn't make it through most of Peter Capaldi's era and definitely didn't see Jodie Whittaker, but um I am curious what she would have thought of Jodie Whittaker. Actually, I'm, I'm I kind of always wonder that. Um, so yeah, I too, I'm gonna say most of my life, a good chunk of my life was, you know, Doctor Who. I remember one time, uh, in like the 90s, well, you'll you'll know what year this was. I I was grounded for something I did. I don't remember what the hell it was, and I couldn't watch TV for like a week but the week that my mom picked was the week the made for tv movie of doctor who was coming out uh-huh. and so and so she made the one exception of like okay you can watch that but that's it. That's the only TV you're going to watch that week. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she let me g- get out of punishment for two hours to watch the Doctor Who movie. And then I had to go back to not watching TV for the rest of that week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's how much we all of us enjoy Doctor Who and my family. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um. So, um. OK, let's explain the structure of the show a little bit here, what we're going to be doing. Um, we're gonna be doing episodes twice a month, and also to get some terminology out there because I I use unique terminology. Uh, I'm gonna be referencing the show in two ways. I'm either gonna say the old version, or I'm, and then I might say either the new version or reboot. So the old version, I'm meaning. The original run from sixty three to eighty nine. When I say old version, to you know, if I reference that, has a time period of the show. That's what I'm referencing. So, Wacky, you're more knowledgeable of the older s- seasons, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched it. I've watched the uh, the reboot. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty much up to. I I've, I've seen pretty much all. I think there are a couple of Jody Whittaker episodes I haven't seen. Okay. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm up to date on it, but what I, you know, that my, my particular like section of nerddom, um, that I've kind of staked out is, is the old show. Okay. That's where most of my knowledge is. and, And I, I prefer the old show.
0: Okay. Okay. That's cool. And then I'm, uh, as much as I've seen the older ones, um, I did study more the newer ones, the reboot episodes, because like I said, when those came when my mom made knowledge of the fact that it got rebooted back in 2006 I watched it kind of kind of as it was airing. Um, I had to kind of get the DVDs from Netflix um, to catch up on the ones I missed, but then I was like, you know, I, mi- I think I caught like live as it aired like the last two uh, uh, Christopher Eccleston's episodes uh and then I watched like all the David Tennant run as it was airing mm-hmm. um so yeah, I'm probably more knowledgeable on the newer one, so I think we're a great pairing for this podcast sure. <laughs> um, and so what we're gonna be doing is uh the first episode of the month uh we'll be doing an an older episode. And then the second one will focus on one of the newer rebooted ones And the season overall is going to have like a theme to it uh, Instead of just covering the episodes in chronological order Which I think would drive both of us crazy Because A, some of it's kind of a slog to get through And B, there's episodes that are missing back in like the 60s So And C, web planet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned that to me. Actually, I just... I remember watching... You asked me if I've seen that episode, and I forgot for a second until you reminded me what it was, and then I was like, oh, I did see that, and it was just like two weeks ago. Maybe a week ago I saw that episode. So, yes, that is a trippy-ass episode. We'll probably get to it at some point. Um, but, yes, the web planet, that that is... Um, <laughs> That's an interesting one for sure. Let's just say it was a 60s episode and just leave it at that. Um, I I can't picture William Hartnell doing drugs, but some drugs had to have been involved somewhere. (laughs) So um, this being the first episode and the first season, uh, I thought I'd pick kind of an easy theme to, to tackle. And we're going to be taking a look at episodes involving the Doctor's greatest foe, and that is the Master. Um, so we will be looking at episodes he appeared in. Uh, we did make some judgment calls, and we're not going to include like the comedy specials that aired. Um, we might look at those later as like a... You know, maybe we can do, like, a season of just off, non-canical things, like you called it, as you called it. Yeah. Yeah, Because I wouldn't mind watching those eventually. um, But I think it wouldn't fit in with what we're trying to do here. You know what I mean? Like, we're trying to get, like, the complete story of The Master as it aired on TV. Um, So I I think we just should just take those out. But (laughs) we are going to include the TV movie, so... Um so we will be doing that. So that's kind of what we're going to be doing here uh on the show. Hey, Jason Soto. What's up, Nick Job? Did you see the latest Marvel movie that's in theaters right now? I did. I also watched the latest episode of the Disney Plus Marvel show as well. I have so many theories on how the movie and the show
1: might be connected.
0: Really? Could you talk about it for an hour and a half? I could. On a podcast? For sure.
1: But I don't know anyone who has a podcasting network.
0: Well, Nick Job, I would like to talk to you about the Rabbit Hole Podcast Initiative.
1: Every other Wednesday, here at Navigating the Multiverse, Jason and I will discuss any current MCU movie, any older Marvel movie, and all the stuff in between.
0: So, subscribe to us on Anchor, Apple, Google, or Spotify, or check out our home base at RabbitHolePodcast.com. Without further ado, I guess we can start with the first episode, uh, involving the master um, which takes us to, uh, terror of the, uh, uh, yeah, terror, terror of the, of, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Terror of the Autons. Thank you. Uh, I was trying to figure out how to say that. Like autotons Autons. Yeah. Autons. Terror of the Autons. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, this was my first time watching this episode. I've not seen this one before. Um, have you seen this like a lot, a little, like what's um, your,
1: I've seen it a couple times. Um, I mean, I own it on, I own it on DVD, so I've seen it at least twice. Okay. You know, I saw it when it, when it ran on, on TV, when it ran on channel 11 and I saw it when I got the DVD. So I've seen, and actually I just rewatched it for this. So I've seen it at least three times.
0: Okay. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, I've seen it before.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so what I didn't know going into this episode was, this is the first time he shows up on the show, but they made it sound like he was a well-established uh, villain the Doctor has come across prior to this. Right? Is that correct?
1: That that yeah, that's correct. the The implication um, is that the and we learn more about their relationship. Uh, you know, as the the series and progresses, <clears throat> we do. You know. Uh, really, all we we learn is they have a history
0: here. Correct. Yeah, because they mention him like really, they, like the first time they mention like we think it's the master who's doing this, and then the doctor's like, oh, the master, that devilish fiend or whatever he yeah, says. Exactly. <laughs> whatever class, classic We should probably mention too. I, I, I think
1: I I, I think Jack might have been the word. Oh, it is possible.
0: Yeah, it is very possible. Yes. So this episode. Jack-and-apes, jack-and-apes or
1: something like that.
0: <laughs> Uh, This episode takes place um, during season eight of the original run of the older series, uh, which is when uh, John Pertwee was the doctor. So we're in the third doctor era. And this was the era, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Lackey. This was the season of, or the the era where he was just exiled on earth and he didn't really travel.
1: Yeah. So um, at the end of season six, the time lords appeared on the show for the first time Mm -hmm. and the time lords put um the doctor on trial for having meddled in the affairs of other cultures which is a big no-no uh time lords Uh, they kind of have their own um they kind of have their own spin on the um star trek federation Prime directive you know you don't you don't don't meddle in other people's affairs right um so kind of as uh punishment they regenerated him from Patrick Troughton into John Pertwee, and then for season seven, um, they basically stranded him on Earth non-working with his TARDIS out of um, commission, right. which is what he's doing when we see him uh, at the beginning and, and at various points. He's carrying that little triangular component <laughs> that he swipes from the master. That's the dematerialization circuit from his TARDIS. Right. He, he's trying to get his TARDIS working again, Um it is a combination, it depends on the exact story you're watching, but it's a combination of the Time Lords have sabotaged his TARDIS so it won't work, but they've also wiped from his mind certain bits of knowledge about how to travel in time.
0: Oh, okay. Wow, I didn't catch, no. all. I didn't catch that part at all so yeah
1: i don't think that it's ever expressly stated in one single episode Mm. you know it's it's just it's just stuff that they you know they they talk about over time but yeah so at this point you know he's been stranded for and this was um on on the behind the curb behind the scenes this was a um this was a cost-cutting measure um okay so that they didn't have to constantly spend money on alien planets. On
0: alien, yeah, th- th- I kinda figured it was something like that. Cause uh, at least during the you know, this series of episodes for this one, for this story, we don't see the inside of the TARDIS like at all. Like he he, right. he goes in there to do things, but then he just comes back out and we don't even go inside it. Right. <clears throat>
1: um and and things were pretty things were pretty, you know, um I guess, monetary, monetarily, to go into the the, the real world for a second, um, Mm -hmm. the monetary system was very, very much in in flux at the time in Britain. They had gone from their arcane imperial currency to decimal currency a couple years previous, and they had decoupled from the gold standard, Um, being the value of their um the, the pound sterling against the price of gold so that meant that uh there was there was um i i remember reading somewhere at the time of the first couple of doctor who seasons that they had actually managed to get inflation and unemployment rising at the same time which is kind of hard to do apparently okay. um <clears throat> in economic terms so um they, there's as much cost cutting as possible um, on the show, which is why you get wonderful things. Um, they had just, uh, they had also the other thing that, that is, is significant with the previous season, the first John Pertwee season is that was the first season that was in color. Um, yes. which means that they can, uh, they have this, um, this new technology they can play with, which is technically called color separation overlay. We would call it blue screening or green screening okay um but yeah so you get lots of lovely uh, situations in in this scene in this episode where uh, i think there's a scene where um some people are supposed to be in a museum and it's oh yeah just a photograph (laughs) yes blue screened on too
0: they did that a lot in this episode they're like they were looking at like a warehouse and it was like a green screen and i was like why are they green screening a warehouse? They couldn't film in a warehouse? Like what the fuck? <laughs> um, so this was an interesting episode for us to start with because um this was uh, according to what I'm reading online here, was a gentle reboot of this era uh in that we got a new companion uh yeah. named Joe, Joe Grant. Uh, and this was her first story So when, you know, like I said, I've not seen this episode before And I'm not super familiar with John Pertwee Because, um I think my mom didn't care for this era Because she she liked the more Out there, aliens, you know, sci-fi stuff And wasn't a fan of him being trapped on Earth Sure Um, so she never really watched a lot of these So I never got to, you know, check them out Um, Funny enough though all the specials that um that you know keen like the 5 Doctors the 3 Doctors whatever she liked those but uh-huh. other than that she was not a huge John Pertwee fan um so I don't know a whole lot about this doctor and you know any of his other companions I do know this is Joe's not the first one and won't be the last and was not the last um but this is an introduction to her and um I got to say well, is is it common for John Pertwee's take of Doctor Who to be like very? I'll say arrogant. I don't know if that's the right yeah. word. I oh, want to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Um, it, 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 this is completely, this is completely in character for John Pertwee. Okay. Uh, in fact, the arrogance. This isn't even like when I think of this story and the arrogance of the Third Doctor. It's not even introduction to joe where he very briskly tells her um the only person allowed the only people allowed to disturb me while i'm working with the brigadier and the tea lady
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: gets an accidentally sabotaging experiment and if i remember correctly thinking she is the tea lady she she lobs the un- he lobs the unforgettable insult you ham-fisted bun vendor
0: yeah <laughs> This guy had a way has a way for words. Let me just say,
1: um, (laughs) but when I think of the arrogance of the John Pertwee doctor, it's it's it's. There's a scene later on when he's talking to some government ministry person, and he says, yeah, your head of department, it's old Tubby Rollins, isn't it? I was talking to Tubby Rollins at the club, you know, I said, Tubby, the wrong sort's got into your ministry. Yeah. Okay. I just, that one just had me on the floor.
0: My jaw was on the floor when he was saying all that, because I'm like, what in the fuck is he doing? <laughs> like, I've never seen the doctor so mean before. It was weird. Like, not even William Hartnell was this harsh, and he was like... You know, he was an old guy who was just like constantly, like you know, bitter and, man and everything. Like, damn, man. <laughs>
1: wait, wait until you see if you if you think this has been. Wait until you see Colin Baker.
0: Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, yeah, I don't. I have not. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen any Colin Baker episodes. So I know uh, we're gonna be doing some for this gonna, run. We're
1: gonna have to do some because I know he's in. He's in. uh... Time he's in uh, the, Mark the and, Ronnie, and he's in um I think he's in Trial of the Time the tri- Lord. yeah
0: we gotta do we're gonna be covering Trial of the Time yeah, Lord yeah. yeah. yeah all you're, right.
1: in, you're in for a. Thing. So I'm you're gonna have to watch Time, uh, Mark of the Ronnie. So we're in for a thing.
0: Okay, um, um, I'm looking forward to it. I-, <laughs>
1: I I don't know if you should be. <laughs> um, you, you, may regret, you may regret feeling that way
0: okay um, you're right maybe but, but
1: yeah but yeah he's he's pretty arrogant um the the third doctor is he he's got he, he's like kind of he, he does have a heart of gold he does mean well but damn can he be self-centered and arrogant
0: so, yeah um, he was very harsh and he's yeah he uh, i don't know how to yeah how else to explain he's just harsh and very arrogant yes absolutely um and so uh and so this story, so yeah, we get the introduction of the master, and then just kind of I'll do a very quick plot sweep. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing a blow by blow thing, but basically what's happening here is uh the master uh shows up and he is um uh in cahoots, uh, if you will, with uh uh these Autons who is also called the nest the, the
1: nesting consciousness is yeah. the overall thing that controls uh the nesting consciousness is what they're trying to bring into the radio telescope at the end yeah. of the episode the autons are just basically the plastic monitors to shock now them. i and remember
0: so- i remember these things showing up at the first episode of the reboot they did yeah, because I remember uh, 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 the Ninth Doctor mentioning the Altans and all that, and then when they popped up here, I was like, "Oh, this is where this is okay, cool, all right, I I get it, I get that, I get that reference." <laughs> this
1: is actually their second appearance.
0: Um, okay, they
1: appeared the previous season. They appeared in John Pertwee's first story, "A Spearhead from Space."
0: Oh, okay. So they're
1: right. they're a returning monster.
0: Gotcha. So so the master and, and and the autons, we'll just say the autons have like teamed up, <laughs> if you will. And uh yeah, they're gonna try to bring the Nest Team consciousness to Earth Uh using like radars and satellite dishes and stuff, and then they they take over a plastic manufacturer, uh, and then we get some like minor like like company drama <laughs> for a little bit here because we got this this guy who's running the company and he took it over from his dad and then like the 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 and then the master's whole thing is he can like hypnotize people really easily if their will is like terrible and uh-huh. so he's got this guy like hypnotized and he's trying to get the convince the dad to like let the master do his thing but the dad won't Give in because his will is stronger (laughs) And so There's this whole like company thing and so Um The master gives the dad this Ugly ass doll (laughs) Like And it only Activates around heat Which I thought was strange I don't know what you thought about that, but no, no, what no. You think I, about that.
1: I, even the the story editor Terrence Sticks for this episode said, if, "If if that's going to be their weakness, why didn't they just send a thing to bloody Morocco?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these things active. Well, this doll activated by it turns out each thing, each plastic thing, basically anything made of plastic is a terror is is the terror of the Autons, basically. Uh, and this includes plastic dolls. This includes, like, phone wire. This includes plastic <clears throat> daffodils. There's a hilarious scene where the Master calls the Doctor, and he activates this thing through the phone, and the phone cord just, like, wraps around <laughs> the third Doctor. And he he's just, like... Basically, it's that scene from Ed Wood when he tells uh, Bella Lugosi to... Uh, moved the octopus so it looks like it's alive. That's basically what John we was doing.
1: Yeah, that's what we call the. Uh, that's what we call the Doctor Who dance. Um, flailing around and yeah. trying to look like you're trying to rip something off of your throat when you're actually trying to hold it on there. Yeah, John Pertwee does that a lot. (laughs) Okay. That's because he's got that rubber face. John Pertwee has this wonderful rubber face, and he's great at pulling all these ridiculous expressions. You know, you can get some really great, you know, Pertwee face out of him when he's trying to pretend, when he's pretending he's trying to keep a telephone cord wrapped
0: around his neck. (laughs) Hmm. Um,. So, what was I going to say? Um, damn, I'm trying to think of what I was about to say. Oh, I do want to talk about. Okay, so the master. Let's yeah, we're talking about the master this season. So, okay, so the master. He's a time lord, and he's also from Gallifrey. Uh, but like this early on, they don't mention Gal. Do they mention Gallifrey like this early? Because I feel like it doesn't get mentioned Gallifrey a whole lot. Gallifrey was
1: not mentioned at this point. I. I okay. don't not think Gallifrey had even been named. Okay. I think it's a couple more years before Gallifrey's mentioned by name.
0: Okay. Um so yeah, <clears throat> so he's a Time Lord, Master's a Time Lord, and I guess they went they were in school together or something. They went to Time Lord school, just you know, wearing the matching suits and shorts and everything I can imagine. And um but the Master, I guess Chose violence instead of the doctor Who jo- chose chaos And um And so the master has a TARDIS Um But his um Uh what's that called The thing that can disguise the TARDIS <clears throat> Oh
1: the alien serpent
0: Yeah apparently his works Because he's he's able to make his TARDIS Look like a uh Uh a circus truck Because he lands at the circus when he at the beginning of the episode, the Master he arrives on Earth and he he, he arrives at a circus and uh, his TARDIS is immediately a, a circus truck, and uh, <clears throat> and we don't even get to look at the inside of that TARDIS either because there's a part where the Doctor goes in to steal his whatever you said that was called the yeah
1: the, the, the material the dematerialization circuit. yeah
0: so uh, so so we don't even get like the inside of that TARDIS either I guess they they. Tore down the TARDIS set From (laughs) the past two seasons Or past two doctors Um So um Yeah ridiculous moments from this episode I think we kind of covered a lot of them We covered the green screen warehouse For some (laughs) reason Uh the scene of the phone wire Coming alive And uh Uh Almost strangling the doctor Um I did like the the circus guy uh having a muscle to keep the doctor hostage. Yeah. Um, because the master's just going around hypnotizing like everybody left and right.
1: Basically.
0: Yeah, like almost everybody that he master's coming upon, he's just hypnotizing them just so he can get this plan done. Uh he even hypnotizes Joe, actually. He gets uh he gets her her this is her first story she gets hypnotized and is told to take a to take a bomb over to uh to the doctor's lab um and she it's about to explode when the doctor realizes what's happening and throws it out the window <clears throat> um this show has the like these early shows have a feel of like those like 1930s uh uh cliffhanger things whatever those are called serials
1: the serials yeah the republic serials
0: yeah this like this like cuz it ends with cuz it always ends with like a problem and then it's and then credits happen and then the next part of the story um they show that part again but then we get like a quick thing that we didn't see happen <laughs> so like yeah. the, like the bomb was about to go off but then in the next episode we see the doctor running for the bomb and throw it out the window 'Cause some days it's hard to get rid of a bomb. Yeah. Um what else? What else about this episode? Do you have any other goofy moments from this episode that you like? I'm trying to I think I
1: just um well let's see. We mentioned we mentioned the ugly troll doll, which I thought was yeah. just again, that's all that's all blue screen and just, mm-hmm. just a guy in an ugly doll <clears throat> out of it. Um and I just thought that was hilarious. We have um I mean just some random moments here. Um, one of my favorite Doctor Who weapons makes its um, uh, uh, debut here, which is um, the, do- the master's cigar- cigar-shaped shrinking ray. Oh. To, to shrink <laughs> his victims to death. and then he- That's he- right. He takes the corpse of one. He takes the corpse of one and puts it in the poor guy's lunchbox. Lunchbox, yes.
0: I forgot about that. You're right. What the fuck was up
1: with that? Um <laughs> I, the, the, I love the um, inflatable plastic armchair.
0: Oh um, yes, that comes to life. Yes, somebody. What the hell? Um, <laughs>
1: apparently, can't... people actually sat in those things in in the seventies. <laughs>
0: Um, wow! And I
1: just, and I just love, I just love the master talking about how the guy died. It's like he just sat in that chair over there and just and just slipped just, away.
0: Just slipped away, yeah.
1: <laughs> great, great performance. I, I gotta call him out by name, Roger Delgado. The, the yes. master. He is amazing in this.
0: He, he is good. He he plays the master like a Shakespearean character. He really does. <laughs> Like he's doing acting. (laughs) I
1: I just love I just like you know, he shows up and he goes up to the the circus manager and he's like I am usually referred to as the master. Yeah so universally
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now this guy I expected to be arrogant like the master can totally one hundred percent be arrogant and I would like yeah yeah, that is spot on absolutely
1: I, I love the um there's i think to get some stuff that's later on in the story i love the scene where uh they're there they go back to the radio telescope this this huge ladder that goes oh. like 10 stories and he meets some guy coming on way down and he just throws him off the ladder
0: yeah that's right
1: <laughs> yeah um i love the shootout this is a, a john pertley story and um it was directed by a little bit of behind the scenes stuff here. It was directed by Barry Letts, who was also producing the show at the time. Okay. Uh, Barry Letts considered himself more of a director than a producer, had an arrangement to direct a few episodes um, of the show.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: liked to throw action oriented stuff in, mm. um, you know, so there's of course <clears throat> this great, this great shootout between Autons with their, they got these, um, the you know, they got these blank expressionless mannequin faces and, the the fronts of their hands will like drop down. They'll have guns that make make things explode. So you've got all these military people, and they've got this, um, you know, this shootout going on and explosions. And if somebody something explodes too close to somebody, they'll go and they'll do a somersault, which is how you you know, (laughs) uh, yes, you know you know their dad that they've been exploded. They just do a somersault forward and then die. Yes, Um, I mean this just got all sorts of. I, I mean I'm not. I'm not getting everything here, um, mm-hmm. but this really is, I think this is, a, I wouldn't say this is a, one of the best Doctor Who stories, right. but it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun in, in the way that I, I, I like a Doctor Who story, an old Doctor Who story, to have a bit of seriousness and a bit of silliness to it.
0: And this you definitely know? has and both, this, yes. It
1: has both. Yeah. Has it has, you know, this has its attempts to, you know, be, uh, you know, topical and talking about plastic, which was really big at the time. That was just at the time, you know, where you were starting to take things that were handmade, um, or manufactured things that were made out of like metal or wood, and you were replacing them with things like plastic. You know, you had plastic chairs and plastic dolls and all this stuff. And it really made people uneasy. Like the guy who dies (laughs) in the chair says, you know, this feels cold and clammy. It doesn't feel warm. It feels artificial. Right. And so it really does on the serious, you know, to be serious for a moment, it really does kind of capture the unease that people had with, you know, things that were sturdy and handmade being replaced by things that were cheap and mass produced made out of plastic. And then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll. You know, you you'll go from that to something absolutely ridiculous, like John Pertwee making a stupid face while, you know, being strangled with a telephone cord. Um, yes. <laughs> or, you know, I, I just think it. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's great fun. It's got everything I want from Doctor Who.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Um... Let's talk about Joe for a second. So this is her first story. Yep. Um, like I said, I don't know nothing about Third Doctor, his companions, and stuff. I don't know how long she's going to stick around for. You don't got to answer that, but um, how is this like a decent like introduction to her character? Does she get better or worse the more we go on, or like he, you know what's her story?
1: She grows a bit. Um, she is always now the, the companion. I gotta talk a little bit about Dr. Companion before Joe, who was Liz Shaw, Liz okay. they had a problem writing Liz mm-hmm. because Liz was a doctor and he was someone who was much more the doctor's intellectual equal. Okay and kind of the problem with Doctor Who is that you need someone who knows less than the doctor
0: uh, about
1: science so that you can explain things to the audience.
0: Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know.
1: And they had this problem. And I mean, also, we're talking, this was like 1970. There was a lot of chauvinism and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. So the character of Joe was definitely designed to be more of kind of like a, a juvenile, someone um, in, in the dramatic, not in the, the age sense, but in the dramatic sense, the, 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 the one that has to have things explained, the character that needs to have things explained to them. Yes. And um, she does end up becoming one of, I think, one of the best developed companions, um, character-wise, in, in the original series run. Um, you know, she does learn, she does grow, and really the, 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 um, the relationship, she develops a very kind of um, almost, uh, you know, father-daughter or surrogate father-daughter relationship with the Doctor. Um you know, they, they they they, you know, they eventually do grow very fond of each other, and they you know, she does get one of the best kind of like send offs
0: mm. um, okay, uh,
1: send off episodes in okay. uh, down the road in green Death, but yeah, um mm. and and she's played by the interesting thing about Joe is that she was actually initially kind of conceived almost the complete opposite of what you see here. She was supposed to be kind of a little bit more competent. Okay. Um, not necessarily as educated, but more competent. They, they talk about her every so often they bring it up and it comes in here, uh, her ability to pick locks and escapology. She's trained in some spy trade craft.
0: Yeah. I was reading about that. Yeah.
1: Um, And um, she was actually kind of designed to be, kind of like uh like a mrs peel from the avengers or more um mm. than then what you see here and it's katie manning the actress uh who showed up to the wrong audition without <laughs> her glasses and she couldn't read the script and just basically blustered her way through the script um okay. joe is almost completely the invention of katie manning and then the writers the producers and the writers said, Yeah, this is what we need to do with the character. You know, we need to. I don't necessarily want to say dumb her down a little bit, but maybe play her as a little bit ditzier, a little bit more, um, a, a little bit more scatterbrained, right? You know, um, but you know, she's I, I. I think she's one of the best companions in the original series,
0: okay? All right, cool. Yeah, I'm hoping she'll girl on me because like I said this was the first my first introduction to her and the doctor did not treat her very well for most of this all right and then it was her, her time was spent being hypnotized almost blowing up the doctor um then rushing to save him from the, the circus people um and then um that's all I remember her. oh and then she she got attacked by that that doll that that killed the dad of the plastic factory yeah. owner. Um, yeah, and
1: then she also she also managed to find. It should be noted that how <clears> she got hypnotized was she managed to find the factory that the man. Oh, that's got right. On. She happened to just stumble across them, and yeah, the
0: literally stumbled across had, it.
1: Literally stumbled, <laughs> stumbled knocked over it. a bunch of. kids. <laughs> Rex Farrell and the doctor and not the doctor, the master is staring at her. She's just like, oh, hello.
0: Mm. Yes, indeed. So. Alright, yes. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, so that's uh, mainly the, I mean, you know, I know we're not like I said, I don't want to do like a plot by plot of every episode or whatever. We're just kind of focusing on an episode, talking about you know, stuff about it. Um, I do like. I do want to mention the ending, though the the last part after they um, they managed to uh, did, well stop the the satellites from bringing in the, um, the next thing. Next thing. Thank you. God damn, I'm trying to find it here. And um, well, first off, they they convinced the master to help because. They tell him that when the Nesting arrives, they're going to go after him too because he looks like everybody else, <laughs> which is a fair point, right? Because he does look
1: it, – it, It's a fair point, but I just love how they managed to convince him in like five seconds and he has yeah. to oh, – yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. They are going to do that. So then he he helps – Okay. <laughs> yeah. He helps You know, destroy oh, okay. them. But then I want to mention how uh the movie Halloween H2O ripped off this ending. Um because the master after that part he's he's trying to escape the doctor. Uh he goes to this uh bus that he used to drive to the satellite place. And then and then you see him walking out of the bus with his like hands up or whatever and the doctor's like like no, it's a trick. Be careful. He's up to something. And then he pulls out a gun to shoot at at them, and then the brigadier or somebody like shoots the master. And then they go over to him and they, they realize, oh, the master put a mask over the factory owner and they killed him instead. <laughs> and uh, I'm they used like, he's gag in at least three Halloween movies, I'm sure. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was how uh, Halloween H two O ended. Like that was the exact ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but then they mentioned that um uh that he escaped cuz he 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 stole a car and then escaped and then they're like, "Well, they must he must have went to his Tardis and and left the planet." And the doctor's like, "Nope, I gave him the I gave him my faulty um
1: Dematerialization. Circuit. Thank you. That thing.
0: I'm probably gonna count on you for the big words, because I. That's I'm, fine. I'm I'm blanking. the The thing that makes a Tardis go woo woo woo. He, <laughs> <laughs> that thing. He doesn't have. He doesn't have a working one of those. And so they'll be like, oh, so he's gonna be stuck on Earth, causing all kinds of trouble. And then it's like, next episode. <laughs> That's basically that how that ends. Master. Yeah. So uh yeah okay um i'm I'm with you about the episode. It's a decent episode it's it's um i I'm what I'm doing what i what i'm what I was doing when I came up with the idea of this podcast was i was I did start uh, watching all these older ones and I did go in chronological order of the episodes that's available on Amazon Prime. Because, uh, like I said, there's a shit ton of episodes missing from the 60s. Yep. Um, and so I was going through those. And I'm I'm currently <clears throat> in the William Hartnell years. I'm still at the First Doctor. Um, actually, I can tell you where I'm at right now. Um, I'm on the episode after uh, Ian and Barbara leave.
1: You're on the episode after Ian and Barbara. The yeah, it. They uh, were
0: they were on the they were on. It was a it was a Dalek episode, I believe. It was a Dalek yeah.
1: Episode, so you just watch the chase. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, what's the one after
0: that? That's not so the then film. that's that's where That's the last one I watched. Then so talk about a jarring experience. I watched that, and then I said, okay, I gotta watch the episode for the podcast. So then I watched this episode. <laughs> immediately after that that it was it's like fucking night and day (laughs) yeah
1: i i don't i don't remember the chase very well i think i might not have seen it but um that it's a free bit of a freewheeling one from what the reputation there was some weird alex are chasing them through all
0: yes right yeah it was a weird-ass episode because they went, they went to, we'll probably get into it, but fuck it, I'll talk about it now. They were, like, at a haunted house at one point, uh-huh. and uh, they were at the, the Empire State Building at one point. Like, it was, it was a weird episode. It was very strange. Um, But, yeah, so that was the last thing I watched, Then I jumped into the, to this episode we're talking about here. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I'm going to go back to it, just, you know, you know, in my, in my off time, just kind of, I do want to, plow through these uh, older episodes because I do want to see all of them eventually. The ones that uh-huh. at least available. Um, so, yeah. And again, I will recommend if anyone wants to do that, I will let you know right now there's going to be gaps. There's going to be a lot of gaps. Uh, especially with the first Doctor uh, and some of the second Doctor. There's a lot of stuff missing. Um, They did... I remember hearing that they did their best in... Saving the audio, and there's like some animated episodes of stuff that's missing. I've not encountered any of those yet.
1: Yeah, um, there are, um, there are releases, I, I mean, sometimes, um, sometimes the entire story is missing, sometimes it's just individual episodes, Yeah. Um, what what people did for some reason I'm not entirely sure what the psychology behind this but what they do have access to is people basically hooking their reel to reel tape recorders up to their TVs and recording mm,
0: okay.
1: onto audio tape for every episode. So what oh. you have quite a bit of is that you have um, situations where uh, you know they'll 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 go by the scripts the shooting scripts and they'll go by Publicity still photos out of the time. They'll just try to Reconstruct an animation To match the audio as best they can
0: You're right Yeah so again I've not come across The only the closest thing I got was in Like the very first season there was The Marco Polo story Was one uh-huh. of the ones that was missing But someone managed to upload I think almost All of it onto YouTube and they either – I can't remember because I was in a, I was also in the hospital when I was watching these, and uh-huh. uh, so my mind was totally not focused. So I don't remember what was happening, but I, I think they took, like, still images. Yeah. And they just had the audio playing. Um,
1: oh, God, I can't remember what the name of the, the company was. But the, back in the 90s, there was uh, a group of people that compiled uh, – the 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 publicity photos and various things and set them to the soundtracks and you know call them reconstructions yes um there's an abbreviated one there's an abbreviated one of marco polo that's only about it's not the full seven episodes okay um but it's on i think it's on the 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 beginning dvd set the two c the two dvd set that um uh, that has like the first, the you know, Edge of Destruction and the Daleks and Unearthly Child on it. The first three stories. Okay. Um, I think it's on there. I, I don't think I. I think it's only like maybe an hour. I, I know it's not the whole seven episodes. But yeah, so you, yeah. you have a lot of stuff like that. There, there are ways of getting around it. Um, there are ways of getting around the the missing episodes there are and, and I think all of the soundtracks have been released on CD and stuff like that
0: so right. that can,
1: you can you can get some approximation of of what it is
0: yeah exactly so so if you know where to look they're they're out there but for the most part yeah there's a lot of gaps in the early seasons so um okay um do you have anything else to add about this episode? The Terror, terror of the Autons? Terror of the Autons? No, I do not. Yeah, I think we're, we're... Yeah, we pretty much got it covered. So, yeah, that was the third Doctor's adventure. Uh, and the first time we saw the Master on screen. So, uh, But as we learned, it will not be the last time. Ooh. Oh, dear, no. Definitely not. So... Uh okay, so we'll go ahead and wrap up there. Uh, so that is the end of this episode. Uh, so next time we we come on, uh, we are going to go ahead and jump ahead, uh, to the tenth doctor. Uh, oddly enough, the ninth, uh, yeah, the ninth doctor did not encounter the master. Interesting enough, I guess he didn't have he had his own story arc happening, so probably couldn't get it shoved in there. And then he. He ended up leaving, so probably didn't have time to have a master story. Right. Um, so David Tennant. Uh we're gonna be going to the David Tennant years, um, as we are introduced to a postmodern doctor and to see what the hell that guy is all about. So uh we hope you uh stay tuned and please subscribe. We're gonna be on all the platforms Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google. Uh, and probably the best, best place to listen to this is at rabbit dot uh, com. That will be the best place to listen to it, I would say. And, uh, yeah, until then, uh, Lackey, thank you for your knowledge, sir. I appreciate you being my co-host on this. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for having me on. And uh, that's it for this episode. You guys, take it easy. And I would say some kind of corny Doctor Who pun here, but I, I guess I can be Geronimo or something. I don't know. So there you go. Time. <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs>
0: Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright twenty twenty one Rabbit Hole Podcast, rabbitholepodcast.com. dot